Mind Crime Limited Show with me, Swithin Dobson, and him, Tim Patton. Today we discuss, is a hotel or a household a state? Tim. Uh, the idea for this show came on when Thad Russell was once on the School Sucks podcast with uh, two Randy objectivists. This was one of the great Randy and uh, – this was quite an interesting show to say the least. Uh, and one of the interesting lines that brought, was brought up was uh, the two objectivists and Thad and Russell sort of got into argument over whether it was illegal – whether it was – whether a hotel enforcing no smoking room – no smoking weed in the room, a form of state power. Thad Russell does have a key point in that, in a certain way, prohibition of weed is enforced by the state itself. Like, it's sort of, you know, why that is considered legal is to a certain extent considered by the state. And Thad Russell is very well informed in this because he wrote books like Renegade History of the United States. So this is sort of his niche interested topic here for Thad. So this was a very interesting discussion here. The Randians, of course, would say it's private property. The hotel is allowed to do what the hotel wants to do. Why can't they do that? Um, and of course, we include two things. So it's not just a hotel. It, you can also say the household, uh, you know, the place where people live in general. Uh, the traditional family household has a similar structure. You know, if the family says, let's say the father or the mother or the union of them say no weed in the household. Can they do this? Uh, and again, the Randy objectivists would in theory say no. Like we get into the weeds of parroting and so forth. And look, my question here is, are these local rules reasonable and libertarian? Is this NAP compliant? I mean, is the state or the household doing doing what the state does, so to speak? Um, I want as a, a sort of joinder here in a way. Uh, all of this is hyper dependent on the definition and usage of words, including the word state itself. I mean, does a hotel become the state, or does the household become the state when it forces these rules? Now, maybe you can say, well, if it's if they want to enforce it, then it isn't. If they don't. And the state forces them to enforce it. So let's say you want to have a pro-weed hotel and you live in a state that bans weed. Okay, then in a way, that's probably more coercive there. Um, now, this is where we're about to bring in Hans Hoppe also. This is sort of right. uh, Hans Hoppe had at the PFS Society a recent essay. Uh, well, it's an essay and it's a talk by Holler. He talks about, I think I'm pronouncing it right, it's German-Swiss. Um, well, he argues a right libertarian, but he's from while back and uh uh he would say that you know there's sort of a natural order and a household is sort of a natural order so it's not really a state in in a way i mean they aren't using coercion they might be doing aspects of what the state does but it's a more voluntary thing now again this goes into the weeds of the next definition usage and meaning of words here but i do think there's underlying issues there i mean we, in a way we have to use language to communicate so and one of our, our niches is probably sort of trying to get the left libertarians and the right libertarians trying to hammer out the sort of disagreements between the two. Um, so you take the sort of the Carson, Chomsky, and I'd actually include Thad Russell in a way as the person that brought this up. Thad Russell, for example, whom I like a lot. You can also throw in Michelle Foucault as a kind of left-wing libertarian. And the right libertarians like Hans Hoppe, the late Murray Rothbard, and so forth. Those would be the Gary North, you can throw him in. Um, and I think this is where the left libertarians on the actual question of if a hotel wants to enforce no weed become annoying. And um, uh, I, I'm always willing to grant the left libertarians concessions here, saying, okay, they use roads or they use corporate IP property protection. protection. So maybe Hilton Inc. or Trump Hotels Inc. is a kind of illegitimate hotel. 
But I think there's a demand for hotels. Um, and as Hoppe points out in What Marks Gets Wrong, they're sort of doing, engaging a trick. Uh, they don't think clean capitalism, exploitation-free capitalism is at all. So they're sort of rolling together multiple issues here. But even like the Soviet Union, from my understanding, had hotels. North Korea has a hotel, for example. Um, so I think there's demand for hotels. And I think there'd be a demand for weed-free hotels. I mean, after all, you know, people like Malcolm X and Frederick Douglass, for example, were both against drug use, for example. So it's not like drug use is being opposed to drug use is something that only the right does. Of course, you might say Malcolm X is part of the right, right anyway. But um, um, drug use is something that like, you know, there's probably demand for smoke free rooms or weed free hotels uh, in a society here. Um, so is this hotel allowed to say no weed allowed? I mean, let's call this Gary way up in the untouched North Hotel as an example. I mean, this hotel is like an island in, like between Greenland and Norway. It's overlooking a fjord, only reached by helicopters. No natives or Eskimos were ever there in the 200 years. So this is like this is like a virgin land type thing. Now, I think everyone say, well, no, this is fine. They can kick them off their, their island on a hotel. They can't throw them into the lake. They can't throw them into the icy lake. Maybe there's a pole there, but um, um, they can't do that. But they can send them back on the hotel the helicopter out of the, you know, the seasteaded hotel here. But now that's it's more of an obscure example here. Um, but let's say it's in the existing society. Let's say it's in like Eden, you know, some city in northern England or like some city in North America. Uh, and there's no weed allowed. Whether the precise region is is it depends on it. Um, again, as I say, there seems to be a demand for it. Uh, and of course, the easy answer is say, well, it's context dependent. I, in my opinion, it's allowed the hotels perfectly to, to, be, to say this, uh, and as well as a household, if they want to say no alcohol. Um, I think that was the sort of rule even in my household when I was growing up, but I don't know that precisely. It was never really an issue. Um, uh, I was say, uh, I, uh, as a quick aside before I start into questions here, with a, I doubt Chomsky slash Carson would care if the hotel threw out, let's say, the unmasked or unvaccinated. And this is where, like, the object to the liberal objectivists suddenly grow a huge backbone. It's sort of annoying. They'll say, oh, private property. You can't tell a hotel owner what to do and not to do. They can throw out who they want to. Now, of course, Gary Johnson does not act. Gary Johnson. I bring this up because literally in the debate, he stated for politically incorrect reasons, they're not allowed to throw you out. But for politically correct reasons, they're allowed to throw you out. But again, that's sort of, you know, this is sort of our, maybe our niche here. But um. I, I'd sort of like to, in, in theory, to know, you know, is this hotel subsuming the uh, uh, the state itself? What do you think, Swithin, about my opening comments on this question? Swithin? I do think you raise some interesting uh, topics. Um, the question, I think, fundamentally here is, um, is the idea of the state uh, a body of people who enforce what you consider to be illegitimate, immoral um, behaviors. So they either prohibit moral ones or they enforce immoral ones. Um, or is the state some form of particular institution that uh, which has particular characteristics? So, for instance, you know, I think it was Max Weber uh, defined the state as um, 
a monopoly on violence. I mean, it's pretty clear that the hotel doesn't. Uh, unless, of course, you're going to make the case, which I suppose you could do. Well, they have a monopoly of violence within the hotel because only their security forces are allowed to operate within the hotel. So you, so you, you could make that claim. Um, and this gets into, uh, in a sense, and this is where I don't quite reason about thinking, is in relation to um, Rothbardian monopoly theory. Because Rothbard makes the claim, contra to Mises, that, well, owning 100% of a particular resource doesn't make you a monopolist in the relevant sense. Because Rothbard says, well, okay, uh, if um, if owning 100% of something makes you a monopolist, well, then since, you all, uh, since everybody owns themselves, or at least in libertarian theory, you own yourself, um, that we, or, or, or even another way, you have a monopoly over your labour, well, then you're a monopolist. And it's like, well, hang on, that's not really, well, of course, we could define it that way, but that's not really getting it. Um, the underlying idea was behind a monopolist, which is something like the monopolist has a privileged position somehow, which allows them to act in a way that uh, another body cannot do and to their benefit and someone else's detriment. I mean, that would be a very vague way uh, of defining it. Um, but that seems to be the underlying idea of like what a monopolist actually is. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I think just going on the idea that uh, a hotel happens to be a monopoly uh, because they obviously provide security services in the area or they can have their own rules. Um, I don't think that gets you uh, to a state. And I think, as you pointed out, assuming you have a uh, clean capitalism or a freed market, as it were, uh, there are going to be um, markets for you know certain type of rules. I mean, so, for instance, um, with uh drugs etc i mean if it was the case that everyone who smoked them didn't get really high and were generally normal around norm, acted relatively normal around the hotel and you had sufficiently good like air filtration systems then you might not be have a demand for a clean hotel in that sense but to the extent to which it does change the, the behavior of the um the guests and you don't want to be around the, that those sorts of behavior for whatever reason um then clearly there will be a demand of some form. Um, as you point out, though, the left libertarians point to like roads, etc. I mean, we're getting to a question, well, two really. What is the state itself? And then to what extent can we disentangle current sort of quote unquote market power? And we did an episode on, on their various types of power a while back. Um, and how do you disentangle the state from sort of it's giving people more or less power and to what extent you know are they considered an agent of the state or are they not I and mean, then this gets into sort of uh, vaccine mandate stuff so it's like oh well the corporation decided that you know everyone needs to be vaccinated it was like well are they only doing that because the state is going to basically making them do it and so it's a um it's it's enforced are they doing it because they want to and they have so much more power because of the state so they can do it um or is it well there's a private committee can do what they want 
um, and they want to, and they would do it in a free market, as it were. Um, so, so trying to disentangle where things are and what to do about them, uh, I think ultimately ends up being a strategic question. I mean, even if we were to acknowledge and go, oh yeah, left libs, yeah, you're you're right, IP um, roads, etc., you're right, but it doesn't actually make sense to restrict them on various sort of pragmatic grounds. Um, so you get into a question of, um, of, of strategy. So those would be my sort of opening broad thoughts uh, on the issue as a whole. I do think the hotel is an interesting example because it's sort of a, they also bring in household. So my first question here is, is are they related? Because I, I think there's going to be demand for hotels in any moderately cosmopolitan society. And that's never irritation I have with sort of, some of the left liberal anarchists types um, is they're somewhat culturally cosmopolitan, but how do we got that is sort of through the state. Um, so there's a sort of interesting wriggle there. Now the right libertarians who sort of like worship corporations yet hate the sort of cultural wokeness, they have a, a, the opposite wrinkle in a way, um, opposite wrinkle. They're not really right libertarians at this point. They're more like reason magazine type. Uh, they sort of, but they 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 cheer these kind of property enforcement on. But I'd say in a way, if you if the state went away, in a way you'd have local authorities, and like a hotel in a way becomes a local authority. Not I'm not saying it would be a local authority, but it, clearly a household would be a local authority. Um, and you can imagine, I think Bob Murphy will routinely bring up like Disney World an example. Um, you know, it, it's sort of a way to sort of imagine a society that is more or less, is getting closer to stateless. You enter a different piece of land, you have slightly different rules. Maybe you like doing it, but you go into the hotel to stay a night and say, well, this place, you just can't smoke weed here. You can smoke out on the road, you can smoke in the parking lot, but you can't smoke inside of it. That seems to me like a reasonable rule. So that's one of the reasons why I remember it from Thad Russell, because I thought it, I, I think it's completely reasonable um, to have like, you know, you know, I, I also think it's reasonable to have bars that are 100% smoking um, as well, by the way. So I, I want to make that happy, too. Um, um, so, so Thad Russell, go go for it all you want. Um, um, but I do think if you got rid of the state, certain aspects of the state would be subsumed by other authorities. Um, and this is where the this is where the relatively obscure now left libertarian versus right libertarian disputes become more magnified. Um, because I think the left-right libertarian dispute is, in a way, a microcosm of the left-right broader dispute. But, but, in, but if, of course, those terms have any meaning, of course, I mean, a lot of terms are somewhat sketchy here, uh, in a way. But I do think, I do think, I do think we could get into one of the questions I could ask you within is enforcement, because you talk about monopoly. You know, you should get into like, you know, what what could the hotel do to throw you out? Um, the Gary North example, for example, um, is, you know, they could just put him on the helicopter and fly him out of the seasetted hotel. OK, uh, but in the existing situation, there are somewhat more limited. I mean, this was showing up. I think Peter Centello was also doing uh, about, uh, you know, New York City had like a moratorium on evictions. So people were just, you know, basically trashing their their houses and they couldn't evict them. So the sheriff couldn't evict them. So in a way. In a way, they already squatted and owned the apartment. I think the word is de jure or de facto owned it anyway. Um, so if you're doing something else that the property owner doesn't want you to do, 
And of course, the left libertarian might say, well, that's that's exactly our point. You should own the hotel room um, or something like that. But th this to me gets more suspicious because, you know, the point of it, it's it's the, the the system would fall apart. I mean, I imagine Carson. I know Chomsky has. I, I, be, I would bet thousand dollars that Chomsky has stayed in a, a hotel at some point in his life. I, I would I would I, I would highly doubt he never. Um, so it's not like cruise missiles are always stated. It is a socially useful tool. Um, um, so what do you make of that, Swithin? Uh, what do you make of my further comments? Like, you know, enforcement and, um, you know, their similarities and differences. Swithin? Well, uh, I suppose the, the, the dissimilarity in certain respects uh, with uh, hotels over uh, the state uh, as such is, well, effectively, all, all the hotel would tend to do is to uh, exile you, which I suppose the state could do that uh, if, if you kind of uh, broke the rules. But um, um, they that's sort of like their their mode of punishment as such. They don't sort of, as it, as it were, allow you to stay. You don't sort of stay there and then are fined or imprisoned to your hotel room. For a certain period of time, or uh, beaten, or something along those lines. Um, so that would seem to be one of the biggest differences, at least at present, with the power of, say, hotels. Um, um, so, but I suppose, in principle, you could have a situation where you have. Uh, I suppose this is going slightly further away. You say our homeowners association states, because in a way they you could argue act a little bit more like one insofar as well at least in hotels in general you're there for a temporary purpose a temporary uh period of time and that you'll leave and you'll not come back or you'll go again or whatever you're not very sort of like any permanency whereas uh in a homeowners association well, well yeah you're you're kind of there and as it were, the costs are to you of um, being exiled effectively are significantly higher. Um, although, again, I'm unaware of any homeowners association. Although I imagine some homeowners associations will attempt to fine you. Although I suppose then, again, the ultimate sanction would be to um, to uh, exile you, which is basically kick you out. Um, so there, there are still some dissimilarities. I suppose the most similar the state is with any other institution which i didn't comment on too much before, to begin with as the household uh, in particular with the relationship between parents and children uh, because the children can't really leave although you can then get into questions as to you know what age is it or what capacities does one need to have to um be able to legitimately leave your parents and then sort of set up yourself um but I mean, it's clear, like under the age of, I don't know, like six or something, that's probably not going to be the case. And then they can be subject to uh, various uh, punishments to some extent under the existing law. And historically, well, in the Roman, uh, in some of the early Roman Republic period, um, the father could execute his son. So you could really say that the, the pattern of familias in sort of, uh, the uh, Roman Republic, you could say is, is sort of state like. In its um, in its operation, but even today, I suppose you know uh, various forms of corporal punishment are still legal. Uh, 
you can have money withheld, etc. So um, the closest um, the closest relationship probably is the household on the basis, in the sense it is non-contractual, unless with children, because they just kind of turn up there. Um, if it's the case that you know they're older and they happen to reside there and remain, but then well, yeah, you could say you agree to be there. Um, whether that's really a voluntary um, uh, agreement would depend on what you really consider the conditions for a truly voluntary action. Um, but um, the children definitely don't really agree to be there. Uh, although I suppose you could use Rothbard's argument, well, they're not decided to leave yet, so they clearly want to be there. And it's like, well, I suppose so. But um, even though you could say that, uh, dealing with children in general or the severely mentally retarded as, as, as well is kind of its own sort of issue because you're in most of these discussions we were kind of assuming that there's some sort of base level rationality that people possess and they can decide what they do which um isn't always true um so those would be um sort of certain types of consideration um and then go back to hopper's um speech as you referenced about how to begin with hopper would distinguish the state from the family basically if he doesn't use this term his family is kind of quote unquote natural uh in that well without the family humans don't exist so in a sense even though hopper's a methodological individualism almost certainly would hold to some form of ontological individualism uh he would say probably i don't remember him saying but i would imagine he would agree with it to say something like when strictly speaking there's uh, no such thing of clubs there's no such things as nations there's no such things as um like people groups as, as the french the, or the blacks or the even the jews in some respects um because everyone all over what it means to be that in that group is just be an individual exhibiting particular characteristics but um what he seems to make the case for is that somehow there is some special sort of existence of the family which is over and above the individuals that constitute it and since it's sort of like as it were the necessary reproductive unit it is sort of like an irreducibly complex um uh, body which is kind of a fact and would exist with or without a state now again you could say well uh the state is an outgrowth for the family maybe but um um it is different on that basis than say well i mean it doesn't seem an obvious link to go from oh yes the family therefore joe biden and the federal government i mean that does seem to be a, a somewhat large leap in um scale and sort of overall power um so those would be my sort of broad response to your question the point about the family being uh somewhat similar and somewhat dissimilar and disalike um is interesting to say the least uh the left libertarian would critique the family as sort of certain forms of family as they will bring up the patterns familias as like a father was a sort of tyrant and you, know, you could execute all all things in some ways this is the christianization for better or for worse of our I, I, from, for, of our society here we sort of gotten rid of a lot of those uh rules um so is the family is the family household a a microstate as the left libertarians would like to say i would say i the easy answer is to say it depends of course um the children children remain a problem i think for all intellectual 
social, moral, philosophical, religious, whatever whatever words you want to describe groups. Um, there's there's no real e- an- easy answer uh, for children. Uh, you know, for one thing, for all the technology we have, we still are basically not that much different than you know thousands of years ago in how we produced children. Uh, again, more of them survive. There is some fertilization and stuff like that, but we still base we don't have those yet. So those hypotheticals have yet to come. They'll be interesting if they do come. And so it's, it is still a very fairly natural process in that regard. Um, and you know the de facto owner or the people just had them. So the woman and the person, the 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 male who, uh, uh, who boy for whatever want to call him, uh, the sperm donor. Um, in a way own own or homestead the child in a way uh, or create the child. Uh, so, uh, again, a lot of some people will critique Rothbard for saying, like, you know, he, he allows the child, just views the child as a tell of the parents so you can kill the child if you want to. Um, um, that's, that's sort of an interesting, like, interesting sort of wrinkles in the, uh, you know, the first two to five years. Like, Peter Singer is much more honest, I would say, about this. Like, he, he endorses infanticide, um, which I think is more of a logically correct position um, um, so like, you know, up to six years old, they're sort of helpless. Of course, you could say, well, someone else could come along, but this is sort of a sidestepping today, but the, the, but I don't, but I don't think it's entirely sidestepping today. So in a way, the, the family as Hoppe states forms, Holler states forms sort of the sort of central unit. Again, we don't, hotels are more of a luxury, but it doesn't seem like we have society yet without, um, families. And this is where the left libertarians, like the broader left in general, Ben, uh, I think Brent Langle and Benjamin Burgess were in debate with David Friedman. And David Friedman made the statement that you're in a way raped by reality or scarcity, not raped by a social construction here. So in a way, we're up against scarcity. And again, I will always grant when they're intellectually made and they're willing to be sort of more um, uniform about who they attack and what they say. The left libertarians, their 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 advice. I won't say, oh, you're a Marxist, so therefore I'll grant them concessions. But I do think there'll be a demand for people to have children. People seem to want to have children. And funnily enough, a lot of people just cite economic reasons or other reasons why they don't want to start a household or something like that. So so I so but is the household a microstate? Now the consensus part, you know, a hotel, you'll sign a document saying you won't smoke in the room. You'll sign your name to it and you'll say you'll agree to pay damages. So so I've never really signed a contract with the U.S. government when I was born. Now, I think I think we should be careful about giving states ideas. Uh, if I didn't sign, if 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 let's say you turned 18 and everyone who had to everyone had to sign a contract to the U.S. government, you know, or else they'd be exiled. Would that make Joe the Joe Biden's federal government more legitimate? Um. This this Kinsella might actually have something interesting to say on this question, but in a way, in a way, I can imagine the state doing it, but I also can imagine the state just making it sort of like, you know, if you want to do certain things, you have to sort of just agree to the terms and conditions. You know, a lot of websites have like these 400-page documents here, um, so if you want the, the the product, you have to do it. And this is where de facto monopoly matters. Like in a way, like you know, you could move away from the United States, but to where? You know, to Britain, the same, roughly the same thing, or Canada, roughly the same thing. So, I mean, interestingly enough, places like the United States and Australia originally started out as people fleeing the central society. Um, um, again, now this, 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 this is another area which, which shows up 
um, as a sort of disagreement over the foundings of like the societies between left and right here. And of course, the Chompsyites view sort of certain breakaway societies as <clears throat> mainly engaging in genocide rather than Puritans escaping persecution. Some of the things can get tricky there. Um, but I would say the household, there's no contract there. If the state did that contract, would it make the state legitimate? I would say it would make the state on paper more legitimate um, if everyone had to sign it. But but what could actually do and what would actually the society tolerate? That That's much more unclear. Interestingly, the left libertarians might not tolerate it either because, you know, some of the status conservatives might insert clauses into the, the terms and agreements that they wouldn't like either. Uh, say that you have to be, I don't know, this is where your homeowners association example gets much more um, that you can make it difficult for them on cultural grounds too to sort of disagree as well. You can insert all sorts of clauses about family and all sorts of clauses about what Hans Hoppe always gets in trouble for as well. So what do you make, Swithin, about my 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 comments here? Anything to add there? Um, what I would say is um, when if one could consider the household a microstate, although I think um, there is a problem with treating it as a microstate. This actually came up when uh, we discussed um, the Supreme Court. Um, it seems to me to be the case that in any sort of society or people group, there needs to be a way of settling uh, what the law is. Not um, who should settle it, but rather um, what is the content of the law? What is an offence and what isn't? And you're, for a functioning society to take place within a particular group of people, you're going to need to, to be able to determine what that's going to be. Um, now, once you have that, then you can have sort of different ways of dealing with outsiders and you could come to accommodations with other groups to say, well, if there is a dispute between one of your group, one of our group, this is how we'll deal with it. But you're going to need a a, a kind of standard which the uh, community operates on, because without that, there's society wouldn't work. You need to have general agreements on uh, what the content of law is so people know what they're doing and um you know no you know let's suppose we say that you know homesteading is okay and you know if you put a fence around it it's yours let's assume that's the case someone couldn't go and say oh no 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 you've left your house for 10 minutes you're now an absentee landlord we can squat it's like well you're going to need some form of consensus on that and related to that actually um, signing a document with the US government is, in a theory, better, but again, is more of a fiat approach because really the big question with the US government is are they a legitimate property owner to begin with? Uh, which is how you could go about, say, distinguishing and stay from the, the, the hotel. Um, but to go back to, to um, the family, they. Um, I'm just going to add something here. Um, there are, there are implicit contracts I agree with. And Walter Block, for example, agrees with this. Like you walk into a restaurant, you don't, don't pay the bill until you leave. There are implicit contracts I agree with. Um, I bring up the state because I think someone once said, well, if you just give if you just gave a com if you, if you force everyone when they graduated 
high school or whatever, turned 18 or got a driver's license, you say you agreed to these rules. I think this is true of California's driver's license in a way you certain agree to certain road rules, which I think includes getting searched for weed. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. Um, you, you can sort of like draconingly add in fiat documents and make this all whitewash this all legitimately. But I think that's very d- dubious because in a way it's like a prisoner's it's, in a way it's like an extortion. It's not like um, it's not like a free contract, so to speak. But continue, please. Yeah, um, no, I, 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 I'd agree with that again, because you've got like taxation funding the uh, stop and search, because why enough would anybody just randomly stop somebody in a car? For no particular reason, it would seem to be a very poor use of resources uh, to do that. Why not focus on the ones that look like they're causing a problem? Um, so, sort of random searches for drugs and stuff don't seem to make any sense unless you can outsource the cost of it, which of course the state can via taxation. So, back to my point before, um, you're going to have to have a way of determining what the law is, and ultimately that's going to require some form of body to determine what the law is. Now, on that basis, then, I would say that that sort of decision making body isn't a state. Well, I mean, you could call it a state. That's fine. Uh, But I don't think this is, say, um, what Rothbard would consider a state, because Rothbard wants a situation where there's lots of different competing judges who all use the ethics of liberty to determine whether something is an offence or not. That's basically what he, he advocates. And so unless we want to call Rothbard a statist, which of course we could, uh, having a group of people determine what the content of the law is, isn't really a uh, a state in the sense at least, well, maybe the Rothbard doesn't exactly say what I've stated, but I think that's the implication of his thought. Um, so I, one thing to note here, I think, is... Um, when you're discussing sort of like law and order and things with regard to the state, you can split law and order into sort of five sections. You can split it into um, security or prevention. That is, you prevent a crime taking place. There's then second, which is investigation. You know, there's an alleged crime. Did it actually take place to gather evidence? Third, well, we found somebody we think might have done it. And the two parties are going to get together and try and hash out their dispute, which is mediation, which is the third. And fourth, you've got is well they can't uh, reconcile so they have to go to someone to submit to uh their ruling voluntarily or otherwise um in arbitration and arbitration would seem to take uh, the form of uh, three subsections one is you know what is the content of the law and this is kind of what sort of like this other body uh, i'm suggesting might might do then there's the trial itself you know look at the facts of the case did did the alleged offense take place was it the per- particular perpetrator who was alleged to have um, done the crime? And then thirdly, you know, what is a just punishment for for such an offence? Um, it would seem to be sort of one and three of this would seem to be taken up by this sort of like non-state legal uh, body as such. Um, and um, then finally, the fifth would be punishment, just the enacting of whatever uh, remedy or punishments the uh, judge decided to um, enact. So uh, I would say, for instance, then, with my sort of very sort of pedantic definition of uh, state, given the requirement of knowing what the law actually is, being a lawmaking body per se doesn't make you a state. Um, what makes you a state, at least initially, is uh, monopolizing the, uh, the trial, effectively, and saying that 
only our only people we authorize are legitimate to take to um to uh, act as a as a judge in a particular case that's the start of statism in the way i would construe it and then after that you then get a situation where the state this this body then decides that oh well instead of being like um we recognize what the law is we then in sort of like in more of a natural law sense they treat themselves as well we can just create the law and then uh they uh, they sort of like innovate on the law in that and that respect and then of course at some point they arrogate themselves uh taxation as well and this is kind of i would say sort of the genesis of what the state uh really is so to put it in really really sort of precise terms i would say the state as it were requires five different people uh a who has a dispute against b uh c who um who is willing to arbitrate the dispute d is basically the st- uh, the state lover who thinks that e who we can consider the the monarchist uh the monarch sorry and D believes that E is the only rightful um, arbitrator in such a dispute. And and they have sufficiently enough power in between D and E to make it so that um, so that C can't arbitrate the dispute. So uh, this then puts in precise terms, I think, the genesis of what I think formally a state would be and has both the sort of aggressive sort of physical element but also the ideological one which of course then distinguishes the state from uh just say say a mafia although i do think the mafia in certain circumstances could be considered a state and then you're getting questions of one of degree uh, so that would be what i described that would be the weakest possible state and the strongest possible state would be a situation where uh there's everybody in the world bar say one man well two or two people think that the state is legitimate and the guy who's been accused wants this free man arbitrator to arbitrate his dispute. But the worldwide state says no. And the state has like almost 100 percent taxation, et cetera, with vast power. And that would be the, the sort of the strongest state. Now, you could say that this sort of approach is somewhat autistic and uh, irrelevant. Uh, but I think if you really want to carve out uh, what the state is on a more institutional level, this is the way to go. Uh, if you wanted, though, to say that the state was just someone enforcing illegitimate rules, well, then, of course, everything you don't like is a state, which is kind of what I'm trying to avoid. So hopefully that was clear because it's probably easier if you see things written down for that. But that's, as it were, how I would distinguish then the household from a state because the household clearly doesn't uh, do that. Unless, of course, you're going to make the case that they're arbitrating uh, over their children. But then again, you're getting to the situation of, well, you know, how do we treat children differently from like, adults, etc. So that would be how I would distinguish um, um, a household from a state in a more categorical sense. Would most of those comments also apply to a hotel? Let's say a hotel in Rothbard. Of course, you always say, well, everything's context dependent at different time. Is But would most of those criticisms also fall uh on so you know to sort of ask a sort of a annoying like you know if a hotel a wants to ban weed uh i i don't think it's engaging in the microstate i'm well aware of all these sort of histories of drug prohibition to, to the extent i am um but i don't think they're becoming a microstate um what what, what, what would you make about that swithin 
Well, if the hotel owners, for instance, were part of this um, um, this sort of body that determined the contents of the law, for instance, which was uh, imposing everybody and they were to make weed illegal. OK, would that be a status action? Well, I don't think so um, precisely in the way I use the term state. It would be contrary to sort of Rothbardianism. That's true. Um, but if it was the case that anybody would be able to um, uh, be an arbitrator and dispute if two parties wish them to do so, uh, and there was no sort of like legal privilege attached to um, being, say, a judge, um, by which I mean, so in under current situations, let's suppose you have two guys come and one guy says he's stolen his car and I can look at the facts of the case and I can do absolutely everything in the same standard of evidence that a state judge would do and all would be exactly the same. And I say, well, you know, uh, Jeff needs to um, pay Clive um, $10,000 in restitution, for instance. Um, that would just be considered illegitimate and unenforceable because, well, I'm not a state judge, even though I'm doing exactly the same thing that they would do. Um, assuming everything the state judges in the processes are actually good, which, of course, they might not be. But let's just suppose we have the same same sort of procedure um, that 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 would be sort of outlawed. That's what I'm saying. It's sort of like is statism per se. So with the hotel saying weed is a, uh, you can't do it. Even if it was the case that what if, they were part. What, let me interject here. What yeah. if they catch someone, they have them on camera, they catch them, they can smell it, mm -hmm. it they're smoking weed in the room, it's clear to them. What what can the hotel do um, um, more precisely? Or I could say the household here. Let's say the child brings home weed and he's, let's say he's pick an age and then we'll say, what, what you know, I think it's Cancelor Block has the two teeth for one teeth because enforcement clearly matters. Like what 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 makes them a state? What makes the hotel owner slash parents not a state um, here? Well, well, what I would say is that they can do whatever the, the well, in a sense, they can do whatever the law lets them do. I mean, so, for instance, I think you could have uh, within a non-state society, for instance, you could have I, I don't know if they would enforce this, but let's suppose you had various Wahhabi sort of uh, stateless society in which the the, the the grand council of the imams have decided that um, that uh, smoking uh, weed is punishable by death. Uh, if they were to do so, then I would still say that the hotel wasn't a state or state-like in executing this individual, assuming they were delegated the power to do so by the, um, the, uh, the, the grand council of the imams. Uh, I'm, I may be wrong with my Islamic sort of knowledge here, but you, know, you work with that. Um, I, I wouldn't say that's a state. I just think it was a bad idea or unjust because I think we need to make it unless we make a sharp distinction between the institutional and what we would consider unjust in general. What we're effectively saying is anything is a state that is doing things that I don't like or I think are unjust in a stricter moral sense. So even if the hotel, for instance, would do that, I would just say, well, no, that's not a state. Um, that's just enforcing um, enforcing the laws of Wahhabistan. Um, but if Wahhabistan, for instance, allowed um, 
lots of different people to arbitrate in principle in cases in the, in the way I described before, uh, then I wouldn't consider them a, a state. Unless, of course, again, it's an entirely voluntary community in which you can leave and you don't bind anybody who didn't explicitly agree to go there. And all the although I suppose what you're getting here, I'm just kind of you could argue I'm sneaking back in concepts of just property ownership insofar as I was about then to say that oh well they they are legitimate property owners in certain respects so maybe you can't fundamentally disentangle them but I do think you want to try and do as best you can to distinguish sort of uh statism as such and the contents of the law that exists within a certain people group uh because otherwise there's no real difference between the state and something you think is unjust which I think doesn't describe the institution i think implicitly we're attempting to describe the anything i disagree with is a state i think is in a way if the anarchists won would be the sort of in same way anything in the same way the sort of pro, the progressives say anything i disagree with is white supremacy there's a very there's a great danger in i think in this being the sort of like um that, that would be the sort of uh, retort here um and i think the left libertarians compared to the right libertarians are sort of annoying insofar as they're more now you can say right libertarians by being right libertarians with respect to say you know national conservatives or like you know conservative nationalists just reverse the words but or or things like that um are more they would say well the right libertarians are being annoying by using the word liberty libertarian in their word um um so um uh but it's sometimes some of this is probably a you know sort of word theory dispute I know, what is the what does it mean to be volunteer? What does it mean to be uh, aggression here? But the left libertarians are annoying because in a way they're pro aggression when they want to be um, or they're conveniently absent when the state is engaging in aggression, which it likes, or at least they're more silent than others. Uh, uh, I'm trying to sort of define this as I see it here. Um, so the enforcement aspect is key here. Um, um, Again, I think it's perfectly legitimate. I mean, if, if the Wahhabi Hotel wants to hand, uh, you know, if, if they say like, oh, no homosexuals are allowed in here, this is an interesting thing that happens like in the Emirates or or Saudi Arabia, for example. Um, like the wealthy hotels more or less allow it, and no one cares, including the ruling class there. They just want to make money. But if you start praying around, they might care. Although they actually might at this point might not care, because in a way everyone's going somewhat woke here for better or for worse here um so maybe they could behand them or behead them but this is where the anything i don't like is aggression coercion and aggression or coercion what the state does therefore the hotel or household is engaging in the act of the state here i think there's a very great danger here where that that becomes the sort of functional definition of the state um, and maybe the state is the course of enforcing thing but then you know i don't think self-defense i'm not a you know I've never actually been in a situation where I had to be a pacifist or aggression, really, really. I, it's hard to tell. But, you know, I think self-defense is perfectly legitimate here. You know, what counts as self-defense, you could ask. But, you know, in this regard, the hotel has a rule. It wants to enforce the rule. At a certain cost, it probably won't enforce the rule. But I think there is a market for that. I think parents have the same view on drugs and alcohol. Um, and, and if you don't, you know, so I would say that, they're allowed to use aggression here, um, uh, whether the broader society 
what they view of them is more is more of an interesting question. But in strict libertarian theory, I would say they're not a state uh, just because they use coercion and just because you don't like them. I would also say the same thing about like let's say a hotel would say vaccines only. So long as there's other hotels and other lands where you can go where you don't have to go, where you don't have to wear them or take them or get them um, if you want, uh, 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 that would be somewhat robust here. That would be somewhat um, more consistently fair, so to speak. And, and that's part of my irritation at times with the libertarians here. Would you agree with that irritation? Do you share in that irritation, Swithin? I'd assume you so do. Uh, yes, I do, but I, I, I think I know why they do it. I think they do it because I think it comes to a strategic point, which I mentioned right at the beginning, is I think the left libertarians think that if one were to get a freed market, this is what the result of the freed market would be, because the freed market would have absent uh, institutions of patriarchy, and anti-science and religion and bigotry and things. And therefore, um, any rules that any of the sort of uh, individuals would attempt to enforce would be, you know, good, solid SJW traditional values. And so that's why they don't object to it. In a similar way, you could argue why some of the right libertarians don't object, say, to... um, Oh, uh, DeSantis saying that um, corporate, I think he said that corporations can have any vaccine mandates. I think he passed that. Uh, is that right? Or do I misremember that? Uh, it's it's the, the Florida state legislature passed ro- rules banning corporations there. So famously, Disney had a vaccine mandate for its employees. So now it's dropped it. So it's sort of like a who's in charge situation here. It's a quite an interesting drama taking place here. Uh, with DeSantis versus the Biden administration, but um, you know who's exactly in charge? I guess again, the libertarian answer I've heard Kinsella talk of this is neither DeSantis or Biden ought to be in charge. But this is the sort of ought is distinction here. Like I mean, I it, this in this regard, I you know again, it's worth pointing out like the sort of Nick Gillespie people say, well, you know, you should allow private business owners not to do them. But this this is this is where you know well we have to live in the sort of current existing reality. And as far as your, I just got a quick add while while I've interjected here. In a way, in a way, I I, this is David Friedman comment. In a way, I think that if you got rid of the state, ironically, to me, you'd have less SJW-ish things. That would be my intuition, which may not be borne out by reality, um, but that would be my intuition there. I don't know if you have the same intuition, but then again, that's why I think conservatism and anarchism actually have a relationship. Which is, um, but what do you make of that, Swithin? No, I I I think that's likely to be the case. Um, although, um, well, I expect that's the case primarily because in the absence of the welfare state, uh, basically, uh, children. Uh, well, in the absence of the welfare state, basically, households are going to, have to become more traditional in that. Um, you know, the well, I mean, not necessarily, but I mean, in many occasions, I mean, most women these days, if they work in the workforce comparative to their their uh, husband or boyfriend, in most cases don't actually earn that much. So if you do. So it was a point made by some feminist woman in uh, England. If, for instance, if you look at the way 
the earnings of most women in the workforce. Very few of them earn that much at all. Uh, there's a very small sliver of them who earn an absolute fortune. And interestingly, the best paid CEO in England was female. Uh, she's head of a good uh, betting company called Bet365. And a couple of years ago, she was paid £265 million in one year. Um, so in many cases, you know, women working outside the house aren't going to be earning that much, typically. And in the absence of any state benefits, that's probably going to mean that, oh, no, my husband needs to work more so we can earn money. Uh, and of course, you know, you've got you, you've got to out and then you couldn't necessarily outsource the cost of education and things like that. Obviously, I assume you might have to send them somewhere to educate rather than doing it yourself or it'd be cheaper, which, of course, it possibly could be in, in like a, a freed market for education. Uh, but I think basically because of children now, unless, of course, society would just to go down the um we're having no children line and the population goes down. But eventually you're going to get a situation where the people who breed are the ones who are genetically predisposed to breed and they're going to be around um, and they'll just keep breeding anyway. So you're going to have to need a sort of regulating that kind of society. And that's likely to, to require internalization of the cost of children, which will be borne by the, the, the family, which is then going to necessitate more broadly conservative values. Um, so, on that basis, I don't expect that would happen. Although I imagine Kevin Carson would vociferously disagree. But um, I think it's a, the, the difference on sort of the, the DeSantis uh, mandate or the, you know, the, the hotel uh, that doesn't um, won't allow vac- uh, vaccinated, uh, unvaccinated um, patrons. Is, I think I mean, just it, it, it's where they think it will lead to. And again, it comes down to a strategic question. So this is always this is gets further away, which is, you know, how, how, how do libertarians deal with big tech, inverted commas? You know, do you consider them an arm of the state? Well, you could do. I mean, a lot of them ended up having uh, research grants for the Department of, um, of Defense. Well, I mean, a lot of the universities which they come out are basically arms of the Department of Defense and also uh, the CIA. Um, so you could go down that line. Uh, but then, as I say, you know, oh, you, you're 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 a shop, you're, you're a sandwich shop, which which sells almost exclusively to employees of the Department of Defense. Are you part of the industri- military industrial complex? Well, no, not really. Uh, but you kind of are in a sense. You're sort of materially, but not formally part, if you want to make a nice scholastic distinction between formal and material causality. Um, and so this gets to sort of like Sean Gabb's uh, interesting proposal, which is to say that um, you could legitimately put input regulations on any company. And by company, I mean in a sense that they have limited liability and that they, well, not just liability, but rather that they are um, registered as a corporation in the, and given the limited liability by the state. And so they are kind of legally privileged in that sense. And therefore, it would be justifiable to impose on them free speech codes and things like that. Whereas if you were a sole trader of partnership with unlimited liability and not incorporated in any way, that uh, well, you could do whatever you wanted to because you were sort of, um, by doing that, um, taking on all the costs of your actions in a way that the limited liability corporation does not. Whether this is a good idea or a bad idea, I'm not entirely sure. But it's at least an, an interesting attempt to try to um, combat what you might consider extensions of state power. 
via corporations. In some ways, this is all. In some ways, this is all just uh, theory uh, at this point. Um, in a way, uh, you know, whether Sean Gap's proposal is or isn't the case, in some ways, you know, there was a comment in a book about you know the the when Lenin came to power, you know, they, they said that you know random letters he sent to various people became like, you know, it's sort of like Paul's letters. You know, Paul's letters. You can analyze all the Freudian slips and whatever you can parse out. They can write essays and documents about it. So in some ways, this is all just, you know, pie in the sky theorizing. But I do think I do think that in a way, if if we don't run into some sort of Fermi paradox or we don't just all kill ourselves, um, I'm not I'm not necessarily a Whig progressive here. But I do think I do think if you want to sort of move to a better society, we should imagine what a state is or what the functions of the state will be. Um, 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 so, so, if you, so, so you spend a lot of time either in households or hotels. I mean, that's where you sleep. Most people would sleep here. Um, so, or apartments you could also include as well. Although in a way, an apartment, once you're in there, it sort of functions as a household anyway. And actually the, the fourth in the United States, again, could sell constitutions are illegitimate piece of paper, but in a way like the police, you have the same privileges with respect to the state in the United States in theory. Again, blah, 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 no constitution, I am well aware. But the, 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 just because you're in a hotel doesn't mean, you know, if the state, you have the same sort of protections there as your house, your address here. So I, I do think those are areas which are interesting here. And I, I think the objectivists here were sort of misfairly treated by the, the sort of Thad Russell. And as far as your gambling comment, which is sort of, this, another reason why I find this interesting is, in theory, I agree with. Um, in theory, I agree with the sort of the Puritans. In practice, I agree with Thad Russell here um, when it comes to sort of gambling and drug use. Here, your your comment about the CEO of the betting company here uh, being like the most paid. I mean, I think I think in in theory, you know, corporate casinos in some ways are like the worst of both worlds. But but that's just me being. Um, you know, Peter Hitchens would make fun of them. Peter Hitchens also makes fun of like big, big, big weed, so to speak, too. But you know, in this regard, I'm a libertarian here. So on that issue itself, I'm sort of silent to the most part. But I, I did think it was an interesting test case here to examine like what a hypothetical society or better society would look like. So then, do you have any final? That's my final comment here to add. Do you have any final comments? Enjoyed the discussion. Um. Yeah, only to say that um, just whenever you're discussing uh, these things, we try and be as precise as what you're meaning by the term and wh whether you are, in fact, arguing about uh, an institution or you're just arguing about what is just. Uh, and if you made that sort of distinction, I think a lot of these discussions would be a lot more fruitful. I just now like to thank everyone for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends and family and subscribe to us on Podbean and YouTube. The more subscribers we get, the higher we get in the search rankings and the more people can access this material. And if you'd like to contact the show for any reason, please contact us at mindcrimelibertyshow at gmail.com. That's mindcrimelibertyshow at gmail.com. Gmail.com.